This week's edition of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast is dedicated to the memory of Johnny Gale. Essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. My name is Sean, coming to you from London, Ontario, Canada. Like, thank you for being a part of this episode, and be sure to like, share, subscribe, whatever you need to do to make sure you don't miss any other episodes in the future. Plus, share it with your friends who hopefully are wrestling fans and can grow our Scumbags community bigger. Remember, you can listen to this either on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or iTunes, so there's always a way that somebody can hear it, regardless of where they get their podcasts. Plus, encourage other wrestling fans to join us on Facebook. We have the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast page and the Scumbags Wrestling group, where every day we talk about the superstar of the day and celebrate people's birthdays, and also we have Gord posting the sick pick of the day. We share wrestling-related news and do predictions for the pay-per-views. Plus, as dedicated fans of the Ontario independent scene, we put together some road trips occasionally to buy tickets and support independent wrestling beyond our own city of London and go to places like Dresden, Sarnia, Kitchener, Toronto. You name it, we'll go to it if it's a good enough show and we want to go to it. So, you don't want to miss out. Join us over on Facebook, on Twitter, where you can be found at Scumbags Canada, and on Instagram at Scumbags Wrestling. You can always email me at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com with any of your suggestions, or if you want to send us a report from a local independent card that you've attended. On this week's episode, we look at the upcoming Ring of Honor pay-per-view happening tonight along with the full card for New Japan Wrestling's Wrestle Kingdom and the homecoming for Impact. As usual, we start off the show with our Smash Wrestling Report, as they have their show on Sunday, In Your Dreams, in Toronto. I have information on how you can be part of the first ever Scumbags Wrestling Fan Choice Awards, and I go back to the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory to talk to two new students, have recently made their way to the Smash Wrestling ring in Colt Bowman and Joshua Pine. Then we'll wrap up the show with some wrestling news and predictions for this Sunday's WWE TLC pay-per-view. So we'll be right back after this quick message and we'll hit the indie scene with Smash Wrestling. Canada's original and best horror weekend, Shockstock, the all-nighter freighter, comes to London Ramada in April 26th to the 28th. Already announced for the event is Sleazy P. Martini, 
of Guar, and he's coming to Shockstock 2019. So you want to meet the manager with the mostest? You're going to get your wish. The Art of Clown, David Howard Thorne, makes his way to Shockstock. Don't you dare miss it. April 26th to the 28th, 2019, London, Ontario, the Inn. It's Shockstock. Are you looking for your own Scumbags Wrestling t-shirt so you can show off your Scumbags pride at your next local independent wrestling event? Well, I got the answer for you. You can go check out my friend Daryl over at Twisted Tees. He produces high-quality t-shirts with the most amazing up-to-date technology for printing shirts. And for just $25, you can get your own shirt. Whether it's a parody logo of Superstars Wrestling, Raw's War, the Survivor Series, a design inspired by Brock Lesnar's Suplex City, or the All In event, you can go check out Daryl and get your own shirt. You can be found at twistedteesmerch.com. Show your pride today, order a t shirt, and stand out above the crowd. Hi, I'm the Fireball Kid, Jordan James, and this is the Scumbags of Wrestling Podcast. This is your Smash Wrestling Report for this week. There's a lot going on, so let's get down to it. This Sunday, on December 16th, in your dreams, at the Frank Horner Community Center in Toronto, bell times 4 p.m., and as of this recording, there was still 6 VIP seats and 24 general admission tickets remaining. Anything beyond that will be standing room only. Plus, remember, VIP ticket holders will get their photo taken with Santa Puff. As it's the final recording for the Fight Network of the year, Smash didn't hold back in loading up this card. You'll see two butchers and a blade face off against Killscreen. Puff, the muscle, John Greed, and Jim Strider all face off in a fatal four-way match. Jason Kincaid will take on the King of the North, Carter Mason. Jimmy Havoc will face Holden Albright in a hardcore match. What's sure to be a fun match that night, Mike Rollins, along with his conscience, will face off against Japanese legend Kikutaro. Two members of Team Canada, Jody Threat and Casey Spinelli, will face off against each other for the British Empire Wrestling Women's Championship. The Pillars, Tyson Dukes, Brent Banks, and Tarek will face off against the Kevin Bennett experience of Kevin Bennett and Halal Beefcake. Plus, it's match number three in the best of five series between Sebastian Suave and Daniel Garcia. Sebastian is up two matches already to nothing. Garcia needs this win to get in a shot at the endorsement. It all happens this Sunday at the Frank Corner Community Center for In Your Dreams, a recording for the Fight Network. And you can also get into the holiday spirit by bringing an unwrapped toy to donate to the Stephen and Leem's Toy Drive for Sick Kids Hospital. Spread some holiday cheer this Sunday at In Your Dreams. Then, on January 11th, in Kitchener, Ontario, the Taste of the Tannery hosts Heavy as the Head. Already scheduled is Kevin Bennett versus Psycho Mike Rollins. 
Sebastian Suave will take on the muscle, plus many more matches, including Tarek, Brent Banks, Scotty O'Shea, Tyson Dukes, Jody Threat, and many more of your favorite Smash Wrestling stars. On January 27th, Smash Wrestling returns to the Phoenix Concert Theater for any given Sunday 7. It's one of the most anticipated dates on the Smash Wrestling calendar each year. You don't want to miss out on what's going to happen at this year's Any Given Sunday. And then, of course, right here in our own hometown, London, Ontario, February 2nd, at the London Music Hall, Smash Wrestling and Impact Wrestling join forces for a huge Twitch special, Brace for Impact. Signed to appear are Johnny Impact, Allie, Sammy Callahan, Kevin Blackwood, Casey Spinelli, Tarek, Tyson Dukes, Brent Banks, Sebastian Suave, and Scotty O'Shea. VIP seats are all sold out, but general admission tickets are still available for just $25. For all these events, you can go to smash-wrestling.com to buy your tickets. Plus, you can also sign up for Smash On Demand. And don't forget to catch Smash every Thursday night at 8.30 on the Fight Network and The Hangover Wednesdays at 9 p.m., on Facebook. Speaking of Facebook, another thing that you can tune into from now until December 24th is the 12 Days of Smashmas. Every day at 12 noon, Smash Wrestling is presenting a free match as part of their 12 Days of Christmas. It's 12 of the best matches that happened in 2018. Yesterday, for day number one, was Brent Banks taking on Matt Riddle. Today was match number two with a fatal four-way featuring the pillars, Tyson Dukes, Brent Banks, Tarek, and Sebastian Suave all going against each other for the first time in a fatal four-way match. What will Friday bring? Who knows? We'll have to tune in at noon. I recommend that all the listeners and followers of the Scumbags Wrestling take note of all 12 matches that are going to be presented because they'll be all listed as candidates for the match of the year presented as part of the first ever Scumbags of Wrestling Fans Choice Achievement Awards. Starting this Sunday on our Scumbags of Wrestling podcast Facebook page, you can start sending me your direct messages with your choices for Male Wrestler of the Year, Female Wrestler of the Year, Tag Team of the Year, Feud of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Most Improved Wrestler, The Moment of the Year, and Match of the Year. Voting will end on December 28th, so I can add everything up and present the actual winners on January 1st on Facebook and in this podcast. Up next, it's time to go back to school. Yes, I stopped by the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory to check out two of the latest students who made their way to a Smash Wrestling ring. Now for a new segment on the Scumbags of Wrestling Podcast. 
direct from the Tyson Dukes wrestling factory. It's from the production line. A look at the new students that Tyson produces from the factory. We'll ask the questions of how they got started and where they plan on going, what their experience has been, and what their inspirations were. Over the next couple of weeks, we'll talk to each of his uh, students and get a new profile and see where they start and where the future is. We'll follow up a year later, hopefully, and see where their career has taken them. Already, some of their students have participated in dark matches for Smash Wrestling. Back at the uh, Tyson Dukes Wrestling uh, Factory. It's been a couple months since we've been there. Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. And uh, since the graduation of our original six, there's been a couple others that have uh, stepped up to uh, get out of the factory and into the squared circle. And right now I'm with uh, Colt Bowman. How are you doing today? Pretty good. How about you? Yeah, not too bad. As I said, it's been a little bit since I've been here. A lot of improvement. We got a lot of noise back here, so it should be uh, going okay. Uh, so, my first question is, what is your earliest memory of wrestling that got you hooked? Um, WrestleMania 21. My buddy, it wasn't live, my buddy had a uh, DVD of it, and I saw it, and uh, the match that stands out to me was, uh, I think it was Undertaker versus Randy Orton, and Taker had his entrance where he just kind of like glided into the ring. And I saw it, and I was just like, Oh my God! This is the coolest thing. Ever. And then I went back and watched a whole bunch, and that's all I do now. <laughs> so, so in that case, you said Randy and uh, Taker were your first one. Were they your inspiration for getting in the business, or was there somebody else that actually inspired you to say, "Hey, I want to actually do this" instead of just the wow factor of Taker's entrance? Uh, early on, when I was watching wrestling, it was Rey Mysterio. I was really, really small growing up, so it kind of just connection there. Um, as I was transitioning to actually going to start, I was like thinking, can I do this? Is it possible? It was around the same time that uh, Cody Rhodes left the WWE and started doing everything on the independents. And I was like, maybe this is a thing that I could try. And then I hopped into it and almost a year in now. Awesome. So what brought you to the Tyson Dukes Wrestling uh, Factory? Um, sheer luck. I, uh, I was working out with one of my buddies at Movadi, where Tyson was working, and um, I was talking to one of the personal trainers, and he asked why I was getting in shape, and I said, I want to be a wrestler. It's like, oh shit, talk to Tyson, he just opened a school, like two minutes from here. I hadn't even seen anything, but I was looking in Mississauga, so I talked to Tyson and signed up within a month. So that would be Anthony Corelli and, uh, was it? Uh, battle arts yes. you were looking at first? Looking, there was a few other smaller ones I was looking at, but it wasn't like battle arts. So it's kind of convenient that Tyson's right here in your hometown. It so happened that he's five minutes from my house. Yeah, so that's uh, really perfect. Uh, so describe, how would you describe your training here at the factory? Incredible. Um, Tyson knows absolutely everything there is to know about professional wrestling. I've had a few things I'm like, hey, I don't know if this will work. And I tell him, and he's like, oh, here's exactly how you do it. It'll work perfectly. Do it like this, and then it works fine. He's awesome. So you had your debut match uh, a couple months ago with, in a uh, three-way with uh, 
called uh, Kyle and uh, Chris Mitchell. Yeah, Chris Mitchell's. And how would you describe that? And would you like to share everything else that night? I was pretty nervous going up to it. Um, I've never done anything in front of a crowd before, so it was kind of just like, uh, see how this goes. And I went out, the match went really well, and then, uh, of course, after the match, I uh, tricked my girlfriend at the time into the ring and uh, proposed in the middle of the smash ring. It was really, really awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think we kind of covered that when I uh, did the review of the show, and she seemed really hesitant of uh, getting in there, and uh, they were like trying to convince her and it's like fans were looking around going what if he's dead like she's not there but she did make it and you got that moment so well how was what did she say about it uh so getting her into the ring was just she didn't want to get in the ring she didn't know what was going on and then she got in and i proposed she said yes she kissed me and said i am so fucking mad at you right now and i didn't hear the end of it for a week <laughs> Someone would imagine that is your highlight uh, so far. Absolutely. Easily. I don't think I'm doing anything for a while that's going to top that. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, so then, just recently you had your six-pack uh, challenge, which um, actually was the debut of uh, Josh Pine, yep. which we'll talk to in a little bit. What, how'd you feel about that six-pack challenge? I enjoyed it a lot. I was kind of hoping I'd be able to get it there at the end, but uh, Pine kind of hit me with a frog splash I wasn't expecting. Kind of sucked, but it was really fun. I had a lot of fun with it. And uh, during that match, I believe uh, Jordan almost cleared uh, Chris on uh, his cross body. I, uh, I, I was trying to crawl into the ring as I saw him go off the top. And I was just like, he's going right over him. He didn't. Somehow he got him. And then... Uh, it, it was a jump. <laughs> okay, so um, I was just seeing uh, Josh and Shiloh doing some uh, practice. How did you feel about when Tyson said that you'd be actually wrestling with the women as well? Like, obviously, it's not seemed to be an issue on the independent scene in Canada and everywhere else. But what was your thought when you're going to be doing that? I'm fine with it. It doesn't matter who I'm wrestling. I just want to be in there doing stuff. So if I'm facing Violet, that's fine. If I'm facing Shiloh, that's fine. If I'm facing Alec or any other guys, I don't care. I just want to be in there. So if I'm facing a girl, cool. And it seems to be uh, neutral anyways, as I said, uh, right now in the independent scene because as long as you're willing to get in there, you're accepting it, and you're most of everybody's the same size as well. So it's pretty cool that way. Yeah. And one last question. How can people uh, reach out to you if they want to uh, see you anywhere? Um, I'm ridiculously terrible at doing social media, but I'm at Colt Bowman on uh, Instagram and on Twitter. <laughs> I'm, I'm bad at social media, too. I, I, get, I get the Facebook, but not the Twitter and uh, Instagram as much. I, I more or less lurk, so I'll, I'll go and I'll check everything, and I'll occasionally be like, hey, here's something I'll post, why not? And I'm like, oh, it's been a month and a half since I posted anything. I really hope no one's trying to look at my page. Yeah, I hear you on that one. So once again, this is uh, Colt Bowman, and all the best for your career. We're going to check in with you in a little while and see how things have progressed over the last while. Thank so thank you for your time. Do you like things a little hot and spicy? Well, come to the first annual Heat Wave Hot Sauce Expo, March 2nd, 2019, at Centennial Hall.
Heatwave Hot Sauce Expo is southwestern Ontario's home of heat. Enjoy your sauce and spicy food from over 40 international producers. All vendors are providing free samples of their sauces on nachos or pretzels. Or you can buy some meaty chicken wings at the show and spice them up however you'd like with hundreds of choices available from our vendors. Fans attending get a totally unique experience with an 80s theme motif and atmosphere on the show floor. The event will be licensed with craft beers and spirits available for consumption to pair with your perfect sauce. As well, live podcasts, demonstrations, and competitions for those who wish to test their limits will take place on the heatwave stage. For fans of spice or those just seeking an afternoon of heat, heatwave is your place to go. Heatwave takes place Saturday, March 2nd at Centennial Hall in London, Ontario, Canada. Tickets available right now. I'm Kyle Boone, one handsome SOB, and you're listening to the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. Tyson Dukes is currently one half of the Smash Wrestling Tag Team Champions and one of the pillars of wrestling in Ontario. He's had a very impressive career over the past two decades, and it's only natural that aspiring wrestlers would want to learn from a veteran of his caliber. Since October of 2017, Tyson opened up the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory here in London, Ontario. Students learned all aspects of wrestling. The first graduates like Jim Strider, Violet Lee, and Jordan James are making their names for themselves on the indie scene. Whether you're a student or a supporter, you can now be a part of the club and purchase your own beautiful zip-up hoodie. They're just $40 up to extra large and $45 for larger sizes. Contact Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory directly on Facebook to order yours today. And we're back with the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast, and I'm at the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory. Just heard from uh, Colt Bowman, and right now I'm with Joshua Pine. How are you doing today, Josh? Doing great. How are you? Doing well. It's a uh, good winter evening. You know, not so not so bad. I haven't been here for a little bit. I was in the summer, so when you first started out, and so now I'm checking in. Now that you've made it to the actual ring and was on Smash recently. So, what is your earliest memory of wrestling that got you hooked? Uh, back at Money in the Bank 2011, so I'm a bit recent, all things considered, but it was the night CM Punk won the WWE title and Daniel Bryan won the Money in the Bank contract, and I saw it from my brother, originally showed it to me. I've just been hooked ever since. I don't think I've missed a WWE show. Definitely a good combination with uh, liking Punk and uh, Dan O'Brien. So, were they your inspiration for getting in the business? What was the moment that you said, hey, that's awesome, I can do this? Um, I think might have been the first time I've ever saw an indie when I realized it's not just this huge grand spectacle. Everybody has to start somewhere, and if they can start at a small place, then maybe I can too. So who possibly was your inspiration in that uh, regards to say, yeah, you, I can do this? Um, that's a tough question. Maybe someone like Zack Sabre Jr. He's a bit more my size, a bit lanky, a bit skinny. But also the fact that I'm so used to seeing these big guys, so seeing someone smaller like him still, still being able to get the job done, it's motivated me more to get in there. Awesome. So what brought you to the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory? 
Um, just the fact that I've wanted to do it for years and years now, and the fact that there's finally a school so close to me. I originally planned on going to Land Storms Academy, a bit down in Canada, but this one's so much closer and it's a bit cheaper, all things considered. And I realized, yeah, I may as well just give it a shot while I can. Yeah, it's great that we have something local like Tyson here. And even as uh, Colton and I discussed, there's Anthony Corelli, Santiago Morella up the way in Mississauga. And you were thinking about Lance Storm. So Canada's definitely rich with trainers. Yeah, I love to see it. The fact that this country, which honestly hasn't been known for its wrestling scene a bit. Well, it has the Stampede Wrestling and all that stuff. But I like to see that we're making a comeback, I like to think, in the indie scene and in the global scene too. Okay, so... How would you describe your training here with uh, Tyson? Um, it's built on a lot of reps, and as we know, he's a bit of a technician, a bit of a grapple kind of guy, so he's definitely teaching that to us, but also making sure that we can learn the new stuff. We have a couple guys here who like to go off the ropes, a couple guys who like to be big and powerful, so he's making sure that everybody learns what's best suited for them, I like to say. Yeah, it seems like a really good mix. You said uh, all different sizes of people here, so it's really cool that way. What's been a highlight for you so far? You just had your debut at uh, Smash just a couple weeks ago? It'd have to be that, for sure. Having a six-man match with these people that I've been wrestling with for months now, getting to finally go out there in front of the crowd, it was a highlight so far, for sure. Awesome. So one of the other questions that I've asked all the guys is the fact that intergender matches are getting very popular in the indie scene. Not so popular in WWE because they're doing just the mixed match challenge, and probably because of corporate rules and stuff like that but what was your thought when Tyson said you'll be actually wrestling the women and I just saw you practicing with Shiloh a moment ago. Yeah. Uh, like you said I just practiced with Shiloh and I love it frankly the fact that I feel like it might be me getting a bit political but I don't think gender should matter so much in the wrestling world it should just be more about the entertainment and if you can put on a good match with someone doesn't matter if they're a man or a woman you should just be able to go out there and have a good match. Yeah for sure and right now that seems to be the key as long as everybody's on board like maybe you're going to accidentally stiff somebody but it doesn't matter if they're male or female at that rate because accidents happen Um, so where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at It's Joshua Pine and I think those are probably the best ways the most active places to find me and if you send me a follow be sure to follow you back excellent well thank you for your time it was short we're going to uh, check in with you in a year six months nine months and see how things have progressed you got your first match under your belt and that's awesome so thank you for your time thank you for having me want to be a wrestler the time is now to join the tyson dukes wrestling factory the first class is going to graduate in october and it's going to leave a lot of open space learn from one of canada's best wrestlers and trainers around Tyson has been wrestling since 1997 and has wrestled for Blood, Sweat, and Years, Border City Wrestling, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, WWE, was part of the first Cruiserweight Classic, and one of the longest reigning champions for Smash Wrestling. Tyson just recently spent a week in Florida as a guest trainer at the WWE Performance Center. The Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory is located at 309 Exeter Road in London, Ontario and is open every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday evening from 6 p.m. to 8.30. Find out why Tyson is one of the pillars of Smash Wrestling. The Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory teaching the new generation of hopefuls into superstars.
you hear the rumble in here? The rumble is the sound of progression and fundamentals are being made at the Wrestling Factory. This is Tyson Dukes and you're listening to the Scumbags of Wrestling Podcast, y'all. The Signature Spot with Chris Toplack is a weekly podcast available every Thursday that covers the world of professional wrestling. It's an easy-to-digest show that ranges from 30 to 40 minutes in length and focuses on show recaps, highlights from the week, industry news and rumors, full event previews along with predictions, topics of the week, and featured guests such as journalists and fellow podcasters. It's a professional yet personable show that's all about connecting with you. To subscribe, head over to youtube.com forward slash The Signature Spot or listen on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts are available. And to be a part of the conversation, like The Signature Spot on Facebook. And now, this week's news. As stated at the top of the show, we're saddened to hear the death of Johnny Gale. It was reported that 29-year-old announcer for Toronto's Superkick organization was found shot and dead in his car in Toronto. He also worked for TSN, Sportsnet, and would appear on Aftermath. Last Saturday night, during the intermission of the House of Hardcore event, Big Cass had a seizure and was taken to the hospital. Tommy Dreamer quickly assured the crowd that it was not drug-related and that Cass was feeling better now. Colt Cabana has refiled his lawsuit against CM Punk after a judge in Illinois threw out the case last month. Cabana still claims that Punk offered to cover his legal bills if he stayed in the battle against Dr. Chris Amen and WWE. Punk has since denied that he made such offer. December 21st, Bumblebee movie comes out with John Cena as the main star. It is a spinoff from the Transformers franchise. Also in movies is Braun Strowman, who will appear in the new Will Ferrell movie, Holmes and Watson. The new NXT UK tag team titles were revealed this week. The titles will be awarded on the first ever NXT TakeOver in Blackpool next month on January 12th. And Raw and SmackDown saw record low ratings again for another straight week. Even after the promo with Seth Rollins admitting that Raw has been horrible, one can only hope that the ship will right itself after TLC and when the Royal Rumble comes around next month. They probably dropped more people because they were turned off from the week before instead of coming back and wanting to see what will happen. Maybe with news that WD is admitting that their product isn't as great as it could be, we'll have people tuning in better next week to see what will happen. TV highlights for this week include Seth Rollins calling out Baron Corbin and blaming him for Raw tanking over the last few weeks. Yet still, they had a 25-minute main event TLC match for the Intercontinental title to end the show, which Seth Rollins ended up winning and then confronting face-to-face with Dean Ambrose before the show ended. Seth also made reference to the fact that the Universal Champion Brock Lesnar hasn't even had a Raw match since 2002. Drew McIntyre got his win back from Dolph Ziggler in a continued 50-50 style booking. Bobby Roode and Chad Gable got matching trunks this week, avoided any more urinary segments, and managed to win a handicap match when Drake Maverick was pinned in their tag team title match against Roode and Gable. 
I'm still really not a fan of the tag team combination of Root and Gable, but hopefully this pairing and the title win will make their way as a sort of transitional champions to get the belts onto the Revival, who Seth Rollins had also mentioned being poorly booked in these Lucha House Rules matches where the faces actually had the advantage over the heels for no apparent reason. And for one of the first times, Ronda Rousey actually came out to the, the arena with a serious face on as opposed to her ever so cheery smiling and waving as she comes down the ramp. Over on SmackDown, The Miz continues to try and team with Shane McMahon. This week they took on two jobbers and Shane took most of the match. He had a horrible triangle choke to get the win. There was a decent battle rap between the Usos and the Bar with the New Days as judges. A great promo from a heel Daniel Bryan, who was trying to come off as a grumpy vegan tree hugger. He then went on to have a very impressive match against Mustafa Ali. The main event saw Asuka and Charlotte go one-on-one with Becky Lynch sitting at ringside observing the whole action. It ended by disqualification when Charlotte used a kendo stick. All three women brawled at the end of the show with Asuka standing tall over Becky on top of the announce table. 205 Live saw two great warm-up matches for Buddy Murphy and Cedric Alexander as they head into their title match this Sunday at TLC. Buddy Murphy defeated Grandma Malik and Cedric Alexander beat Tony Nese. And finally, over on NXT, EC3 defeated Bobby Fish. Mia Yim punched her ticket to the women's four-way for NXT TakeOver, and only Lurkin and Danny Birch beat The Mighty. Prince Pretty Tyler Breeze returned to full self to face North American champ Ricochet. It was a great match, and fans of Breeze can only hope that this is a return to his home in, of NXT, where he definitely flourished better than he has ever on the main roster. Hey, this is Cole Bowman, and you're listening to the Scumbags Podcast. I'm Joshua Pine, and you're listening to the Scumbags of Wrestling Podcast. This week's episode of the Scumbags of Wrestling Podcast is coming to you a little bit earlier than normal, so you can be aware that Friday night, Ring of Honor presents Final Battle. This could be one of the last times that the elite members, such as Cody and the Young Bucks, appear for Ring of Honor. It takes place at the Manhattan Center's Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City. This might not only just be the final match for the elite members, but it could end up being the premiere dates for PCO and Brody King, who all just recently signed contracts with Ring of Honor. All roads lead to the G1 Supercard, co-promoted by Ring of Honor and New Japan Wrestling at Madison Square Garden on April 6th during the WrestleMania weekend. However, on Friday night, during the Ring of Honor Final Battle, you'll see Kenny King versus Eli Islam. There'll be a four-way women's match of survival for the Women of Honor Championship, featuring Sami Sakai, Madison Rain, Karen Q, and Kelly Klein. Matt Taven will face Dalton Castle. Jay Lethal will face Cody for the ROH Championship. Jeff Cobb faces 
Adam Page for the ROH TV title. Jonathan Gresham faces Zack Sabre Jr. Bully Ray will face Flip Gordon in an I Quit match. Christopher Daniels takes on Marty Skrull in a number one contenders match for the ROH Championship. And SoCal Uncensored, Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky will take on the Briscoes and the Young Bucks in a three-way ladder war seven for the Ring of Honor Championships. You can catch Ring of Honor's final battle on Friday at 8 p.m. on Fight TV. Also on Fight TV, New Japan Pro Wrestling presents Wrestle Kingdom 13 on January 4th from the Tokyo Dome. The event will be streamed live on New Japan Pro Wrestling World or on the Fight TV app. The full card was announced this week. There will be a gauntlet match to determine the number one contenders for the never-open-weight six-man tag team titles. Kota Ibushi will take on Will Ospreay for the never-open-weight championship. There will be a three-way featuring Suzuki Gun, Bushi, and Takagi, and Rapongi 3000 for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team t- Championships. Tomohiro Ishii faces Zack Sabre Jr. for the British heavyweight title. The Gorillas of Destiny take on the Young Bucks and Sonata and Evil for the IWGP Tag Team Championships. Cody faces Juice Robinson for the IWGP US Championship. Koshida faces Ishimori for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. Okada takes on Jay White. Chris Jericho faces Naito for the IWGP Intercontinental title. And Kenny Omega will take on Hiroishi Tanahashi for the IWGP Heavyweight title. Then, two days later, on January 6th, Fight TV also presents Impact Wrestling Homecoming from Nashville, Tennessee in the Asylum. Abyss will take on Eli Drake in a Monsters Ball match. LAX defend their Impact Tag Team titles against the Lucha Brothers. Jake Kreese takes on Ethan Page, Trey Miguel, and Rich Swan in a four-way Ultimate X match for the vacant X Division Championship. Tessa Blanchard faces Taya Valkyrie for the Impact Wrestling Knockouts Championship with Gail Kim serving as the special guest referee. And in the main event, Brian Cage, who traded in his X-Division title for a shot at Johnny Impact, will challenge for the Impact World Championship in the main event. So that's Friday Night Ring of Honor Final Battle, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Wrestle Kingdom 13 on January 4th, and Impact Wrestling Homecoming on January 6th. All three events can be found on the Fight TV app. This is Jim Strider, live from the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory, and you're listening to the Scumbags of Wrestling Podcast. Coming April 26th to the 28th at the Ramada Inn, London, Ontario, at Shockstock. Shockstock is London, Ontario's premier annual horror and subculture convention. 
Each year we bring, for a few short days, the real deal in sleaze, horror, and exploitation with celebrities, events, and vendors who know what the fans want. No insane lineups, no curfews, no problem. Enjoy jam-packed vendor rooms, a full weekend-long film festival with awards and fully stocked bar and lounge with nighttime events on site and more. Submit your film via Film Freeway at filmfreeway.com shockstock. Presented by London's own Sultans of Slime, Vagrancy Films, The Grim Brothers Entertainment, in association with Fangora, Raven Banner, and of course, Bob's Ultimate Meats. Hello, do you or someone you know have a business that you'd love to have advertised here on our podcast? Well, give me a shout at our email address, scumbagswrestling at gmail.com, and let us know how we can help you advertise to the listeners of this podcast. We'll give your business a shout out, including information on how people can reach out to you and information on your services. Are you looking to get your own Scumbags Wrestling t-shirt or the Scumbags Podcast t-shirt? Well, look no further than our friends over at Twisted Tees at TwistedTeesMerch.com. Since their company launched in 2006, they've become one of the top screen printers known for their large, colorful, high-detailed prints. Their theory behind what they decide to print is simple. It's about keeping it real and taking you back to your early years, browsing through endless movies at your local video store, only to be sucked in by the very intriguing cover art. Even if the movie itself wasn't so great, it's that original cover that will always remain locked inside your head. Over the years, they've become even more creative with introducing limited edition designs. With the amazing feedback they received from their warriors and zombies hoodies, as well as their button-up work shirts, they will bring you even more one-of-a-kind designs. All of their products are screen-printed and embroidered directly in their shop. They don't use any outside sources to produce their goods, nor do they use cheap iron-ons. The guarantee heads will turn when you wear Twisted Tees to your next outing. Twisted Tees also provides printing for Kill Effect, Shock Stock, Monsters of Schlock, Shadow uh, Windbrook, and Vagrancy Films. So look out for Twisted Tees online. Once again, at TwistedTeesMerch.com and get your own Scumbags of Wrestling t-shirt for just $25. Hey, I'm Alec Realm, and you're listening to the Scumbags of Wrestling podcast. And now let's wrap up this week's episode with my predictions for what should happen at the WWE TLC pay-per-view happening from San Jose, California, exclusively on the WWE Network. For what's considered a B-show, this card is stacked from top to bottom. How they're going to end up stuffing 12 matches in, even with a one-hour pre-show, is beyond me. Considering how really poor the ratings have been on Monday nights, 
this card actually has a lot of Monday Night Raw interaction going on with it. We'll see Natalia take on Ruby Riot in a tables match. This one has been brewing for a while. Even with Natalia getting a victory over Ruby Riot recently, the feud is still continuing, and Ruby is promising to put Natalia through a table that has Jim the Anvil Nineheart's picture on it. I'm hoping that this will be the blow-off match fully from this, and we'll see Natalia pick up the victory and put Ruby through a table. If he's healthy enough and gets clearance, Finn Balor is set to take on Drew McIntyre. Though, at the same time, for whatever reason, Vince McMahon doesn't seem to have the confidence in Finn Balor anymore, even though he was the first ever Universal Champion that lasted a day, thanks to an injury that happened uh, in that same match that he won the title. And Drew McIntyre, minus his loss to Dolph Ziggler when Dolph turned face, is still considered probably the golden boy of Monday Night Raw and the future for the heels on that brand. So I see Drew coming out with victory. Of course, if Finn is clear, it should still be a good match, but I see Dolph Ziggler getting involved somehow with Drew still winning either way. Elias is going to take on Bobby Lashley in a ladders match with a guitar hanging above the ring, and whoever gets the guitar obviously can use it as a weapon on their opponent. That doesn't mean it's actually going to be the person who gets the guitar that's using it first, because they still have to get down from the ladder and with the guitar in hand to use it on their opponent. Though, I do kind of see this as a little bit of a comedy match, since Elias has been making fun of Leo Rush so much of being about a 12-year-old pre-progressive boy. That's why I can see Leo being able to climb up the ladder and retrieve the guitar and try and give it to Lashley, with Elias possibly uh, interfering in that pass and using it on Lashley and getting the victory. So I'm going to give this to Elias. There's a TLC match scheduled to happen if Braun Strowman gets clearance, and he's supposed to take on Baron Corbin. Of course, Strowman just recently had surgery on his elbow, and it's not sure if he's going to make it there or not. Beyond the TLC stipulation, there's some stakes on the line, because if Braun Strowman wins, he'll get to face Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble for the Universal Championship. But if Baron Corbin wins, he'll get to be named the full-time Raw General Manager. With the way things are going, again, with the ratings, people seem to be not too happy with the whole Baron Corbin in the main event position, and especially in a GM role. So regardless of how things do work out, whether Bray Wyatt somehow is there or Braun does get clearance, I do not see Corbin coming out of this a winner and Strowman should win and we finally get rid of Baron Corbin in the general manager role. The Raw Women's Championship will be on the line as Ronda Rousey defends against Nia Jax. Nia Jax has been boasting the fact that she punched 
Becky Lynch in the face and broke her face with just one punch. They've kind of been playing off that since that incident, but I think it might be also a bit to build her up really good so that Ronda can take her right down and make Ronda look dominant as well and sort of punish Nia for her reckless punch to Becky's face. Even if that wasn't the case, Ronda Rousey is going to come out on top because she's not going to lose until at least something major like a WrestleMania and be either Charlotte or Becky. Raw's biggest offering of the night comes from Seth Rollins defending the Intercontinental title against Dean Ambrose. With Dean just recently turning on Seth and trying to avenge whatever demons that held the shield back or whatever his ailments seem to be because he's getting vaccinated and thinks everybody has a disease, it wouldn't make sense for him to lose this first match between the two. So I see us with a brand new Intercontinental Champion in Dean Ambrose. Now, the other question of the match, though, does Renee get involved and finally break her silence that she's been doing during uh, commentary on Raw? As I said, though, I see a brand new Intercontinental Champion in Dean Ambrose. Over on the SmackDown side of things, Rey Mysterio takes on Randy Orton in a chairs match. Orton has been going after Ray, including ripping off his mask. I think this might be just step one in a future between these two where it could end up being a hair versus mask or career versus mask sort of stipulation between these two. As far as this chair match goes, I see Randy Orton losing this match because he's gone after Ray and taken off the mask. But that doesn't preclude him from being able to do it again after a loss and snapping and going after Ray again, setting up that future match that I just mentioned where Ray's mask is on the line against something of Randy's. So in this case, I'm going with Ray Mysterio with Randy Orton snapping after the bout. The Bar are going to defend their tag team titles against the Usos and New Day. This combination of three teams has been on TV for so long, but at the same time, it's still a great match, regardless of the combination. Now, all three teams are going to be in the same match. I don't know if the titles are going to change, but if they did, I can see the Usos coming out on top. So I'm going to pick the Usos in this match to win. The new Daniel Bryan is going to defend his WWE Championship against AJ Styles. Hopefully this new aggression that Dan O'Brien is showing, even though he's this crusading, vegan, tree-hugging sort of character in an evil sense, is not just reduced down to somebody doing ball shots like Shinsuke Nakamura was. And this feud with AJ Styles should hopefully be technically sound like it has been on SmackDown, just with a little bit of uh, chicken shit heel uh, aspects from Daniel Bryan. I don't see AJ uh, picking up the belt yet again, and I see Daniel Bryan retaining, whether he gets himself disqualified 
or he walks out and gets counted out. Sir is still playing that chicken, leading into a match at the Royal Rumble. And what should be the main event of the night, Becky Lynch is set to defend her SmackDown Women's Championship against Charlotte and Asuka in the first ever women's TLC match. It was questionable whether or not Becky was going to get cleared because of her broken nose still, and she had passed her concussion test. Well, I think this past Tuesday, that all got answered when she got involved in the after brawl of the Charlotte and Asuka match. This really could go one of two ways, where Becky could drop the title and eventually get the win at the Royal Rumble to challenge Ronda at WrestleMania, which is the ultimate goal, potentially, since their match didn't happen at the Survivor Series. If that is the way it goes, I can see Asuka, who needs to be reheated up, and has been doing so with her Let's copy uh, Charlotte and copy Becky attack and snapping like she did at the end of this week's SmackDown. Her character needs refreshing, and this could be the opportunity to give her the SmackDown women's title there at TLC and have the ability to fire up Becky for the Royal Rumble, as I said. I'm not sure at the same time, though, how many fans will like the fact that Becky won't have the title. So, this is so hard to predict. Plus, then you also have Charlotte, who is undefeated 5-0 and or something like that when it comes to three-way title matches. I'm not sure if WWE really wants to upset their fans any more than what they already have by having Becky drop the title. So... Oddly enough, even though I see the whole setup with Royal Rumble and leading to WrestleMania, I'm going to say that Becky retains the title. The other two matches that I didn't mention in this rundown include Buddy Murphy defending the Cruiserweight Championship against Cedric Alexander. Murphy won the title at Super Showdown, but I'm not sure if he can uh, hold on to it much longer unless they have another babyface on 205 that's ready to step up and challenge Buddy Murphy. I see Cedric Alexander, the heart of 205 Live, regaining the title. This will probably be the pre-show match, along with the finals of the Mixed Match Challenge, with R-Truth and Carmella taking on Ginger and... Alicia Fox. The winner of that match will get themselves a vacation plus the number 30th spot in the men's and women's Royal Rumbles. For this match, I see it being R-Truth and Carmella just because they want to be able to have a dance break or something really silly at the end of the Royal Rumbles where nobody falls for it. I believe... John Pollock and Wei Ting had possibly mentioned something like that. And I can see uh, how they outlined it, where one of them gets in there and other people just don't sell for it and don't go along with the whole dance break. But it's amazing how 14 weeks or however many weeks of 
the mix match challenge has come down to this comedy thing with our truth and Carmelo, Jinder and Alicia and none of the other legitimate teams who some didn't even make it all the way through got thrown away for a comedy bit. So that there is my predictions for the TLC event happening on the WWE Network this Sunday, December 16th. I really haven't done too well in my predictions, but I'm trying to lean towards the fan favorites on this side because of the remarks that were made by Seth Rollins saying that Raw sucked and it's almost as though they were Vince McMahon's words, acknowledging that things need to get better and what better way than to give the fans some babyface wins. But logically, there's some areas where definitely needed the heel to win. We'll see what happens. And after that, we have six weeks to go before the Royal Rumble and the road to WrestleMania. Once again, I'd like to thank you for joining me for this week's episode. And remember to like, share, subscribe, wherever you're listening to this podcast whether it's on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, or Google Podcasts. And join us over on Facebook, where you can stay up to date with news as it occurs. I'll be back later on with results from some of the shows that were just previewed in this episode. Until next time, thanks for joining me, and we'll see you again. Granted, I understand it's essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night. <laughs> <laughs>